All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. And uh, if you aren't used to our new format for the shows, we have trimmed things down, and we have uh, done one episode each week. We talk about the games from the previous weekend before we preview the upcoming games. So I did not expect to be in this situation where um, we're talking about more wins from the Lions than we are from Michigan and also the harsh reality that there may be a chance that the Lions could have a better winning percentage at the end of the season than the Wolverines do. I think that's pretty much a given (laughs) right now. And I never thought I'd say that. I know, right? Like, like that's the thing where it's just like, okay, I, I see it, I understand it, but it's almost like my brain can't comprehend it. Yeah. So, yeah, it has been a very steep fall for the Michigan Wolverines this year. So let's surprisingly start off on the better note and talk about the Lions first. All right. So... Yeah, let's talk about Lions versus Washington foosball team. <laughs> it may as well have been a foosball team because man, they didn't look very good, did they? No, it was a, it was a it was a weird one. Yeah, it's not at all what I expected with that game. You know, I expected it not to look good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, final score was uh, thirty to twenty-seven Lions. Uh, yeah, Lions had a big lead, of course, going in the second half. And uh, they kind of pissed it away like they usually do. And Redskins came back. And, you know, Matt Prater won with that 59-yard field goal. <laughs> yeah, typical kind of Lions game, you know. It's almost like a script at this point. Like, it's kind of what happens with the Lions. Um, I will say, though, that the Lions... Run defense was a lot better, but their pass defense was terrible. <laughs> uh, Alex Smith, who basically has one leg now, um, <laughs> got his first start in like, was it two years or something like that? Yeah, something like uh, that. He went 38 for 55 for 390 yards, which I think all were uh, career highs for him. No touchdowns. But, Crazy. Uh, Leading, uh, rec- re- leading receiver for the. I'm just gonna call them the Redskins. Like screw this football team thing. Until <laughs> they get a name, I'm calling them the Redskins. Uh, Terry McLaurin had seven receptions for 95 yards. Uh, kind of what I expected with him. I mean, he's by far their best offensive weapon. A uh, mm-hmm. little bummed that he didn't get five more yards or at least a touchdown for my fantasy team. Seeing that I lost by one point this week. Uh, And then uh, Running the ball Antonio Gibson He had two touchdowns And former Lion And uh, Our buddy that did the intro for us Last year, J.D. McKissick had a touchdown Yeah, and you told me not to play him (laughs) Yeah, but the guy I told you to start And instead got two touchdowns So shut up yeah, but I still had another guy who he would have done better. But either way, I lost by more points than that. So you're you survive. Yeah. Um, for the Lions, Stafford went twenty four for thirty three for two seventy six and three touchdowns, no interceptions. So that was a lot better than last week. Um, DeAndre Swift had another good game. He had sixteen carries for eighty one yards. Five receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. And that dude, like, when he gets the ball, he's just exciting to watch. Yeah, he pulled some pretty cool moves. Yeah, he totally hurdled that one safety. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Um, Yeah, and he is just incredibly quick. Like, he's not, like, super fast. He's got a good speed. Like, don't get me wrong, but he is just, like, gets to that top speed super quick. Yeah, the acceleration. Yeah, I mean, speed-wise, uh, it's a little reminiscent of, like, Barry Sanders. Like, Barry wasn't the fastest guy, but he could get from, like, 0 to 60 in no time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, completely different leagues there. I mean, nobody ever could ever move like Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, nobody will ever have as much agility as Barry. But, um, yeah, but I'd say, like, the acceleration and the speed, pretty close. Uh, leading receiver for the Lions was Marvin Jones with eight receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. You know, and it, I've noticed, like, ever since I kind of called him out, <laughs> for pretty much doing nothing the whole season. He's scored a touchdown in every game. <laughs> <laughs> He's been listening. I guess. So, I hate that Brandon guy. I'm going to show him Sunday. So, Marvin, you're welcome. I got you back on track. <laughs> uh, and then the other Marvin, Marvin Hall, he had two receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, he's basically just like a big play guy. He's easily gets like one big play a game. But um, those are the kind of guys you need around, too. Well, the surprising thing real quick I want to interject is this game featured over 600 passing yards and not a single receiver broke 100 yards. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's spreading the ball around for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Romeo Aguara had a sack. He's still the leading sack. Um, he's, he's the sack leader on the lines, I should say. And Everson Griffin got a sack. Yeah, called it. Yeah, yeah you totally did. I hate you. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when I mentioned Matt Prater was another one of the MVPs of the game with the game-winning 59-yarder. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, another kind of slow game, I guess. Yeah, it it was definitely a weird pace. Yeah, for sure. It was a little... Hard to watch at times, I guess. Uh, there's a few exciting plays. You know, I mentioned Swift. Pretty much any time he gets the ball, it's, you kind of watch to see what he's going to do. You know, and it's been a while since the Lions have had a player like that, so I'm I'm happy. And I, you know, I hope he can keep it up and continue to improve. But I think he was rookie of the week or something like that. They said. I missed that. So I'm I think not sure. I saw the Lions posted on Facebook, but oh, and along with a really cool picture of him hurdling that guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and I mean for the Redskins, I I could have swore that Alex Smith threw a touchdown, but I guess not. <laughs> when I looked back at it, you know, all three of their touchdowns came through um, the run game, so. Yeah. Anything you want to add to it? Um, did you get are, to watch it? Yes, I did get to watch. I didn't watch the entire thing, but I got to watch it. Um, and the lines are four and five. And I forgot to mention, because I was going to say it um, in the preview episode, but somebody had to win because Washington was winless on the road and Detroit was winless at home. So... Somebody, somebody had to break the mold, and it wound up being the Lions. <laughs> yeah, uh, surprised it didn't tie. Yeah, right. I, I <laughs> so could've. many people. It was that, pretty yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. So at, at that point, though, I was just like, just please, just finish it. I was just like, I don't, I don't want to watch an overtime of this game. Yeah, and really, I mean, the Lions are kind of frustrating this year because I was telling my boss at work that. You know, the Lions are too bad to be good, but too good to be bad. So they're kind of just middle of the road, kind of like the Detroit Pistons. Like, they're good enough to, you know, the Pistons barely make the playoffs or just barely miss out. But they're bad enough, they don't have a chance to win anything. Mm -hmm. So they're just kind of stuck in this weird limbo. Where, you know, like in basketball, they're not going to get a lottery pick, but the Lions aren't going to get a top five pick this year. But they have a lot of holes in the roster where they could use a good player like that. Like a pass rusher? Oh, gosh. Dude, I've been saying it for three years now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I had to say something. Three years. Um, Oh, and one of the guys I wanted them to pick was on the Redskins, and he played pretty well. Yeah. Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
it was a game and there were things that happened and the lions <laughs> did lions things and somehow fortunately for them and for the fans they won yeah so now do you want to get into michigan doing lions things <laughs> Let's talk more <laughs> Lions football by talking about the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> so the first, I, the first Lions game of the weekend. I think uh, the uh, what we're going to do to possibly set the tone for this conversation is we have several voicemails from <laughs> our longtime listener and caller, Stephen. And so let's go ahead and jump into those and hear what he has to say on the matter. Man, look, this is Stephen Brown. Where I am is 2.05 p.m. Central Standard Time. Of course, the Michigan game hadn't happened yet. I just want to speak on the Michigan State Spartans. How did Michigan lose to these bums, man? These guys are horrid. Not horrible. They are horrid. Like, it's just, oh, my goodness. Man, how did they lose to Indiana? Indiana's a good team, but they shouldn't be Michigan. Like, man, how did Michigan lose these guys? Man, I'm just getting mad thinking about it, man. And the sun's still out. I don't want to be angry all day. But I'm mad right now, and now it's 2.06, and I'm still mad. Man, how did Michigan, man, and why do I sound different on the radio or or on the phone after I'm, my voice is recorded than I, than I hear myself? It's just weird. But, man, back to the topic. How did Michigan lose to these bums? Like, Michigan State is trash. Y'all remember me telling y'all they may not win another game? Michigan State may not win another game, literally. And I bet you they call a Mel Tucker all kind of N-words up there in East Lansing. James Franklin, too. They are, they all kind of you-know-what. But, but yeah, man, back to the topic. How did we lose to these? How did Michigan lose to these guys? Man, this is embarrassing. Like, man, I'm going to go eat some Raisin Bran. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, I, I'm, we're one voicemail oh. in, and I'm, I'm a little worried. Because <laughs> the game hasn't even started, and you were already mm. going off about Michigan, rightfully so, rightfully so. I I completely stand uh, beside you on that. Where it is beyond my mental ability to understand how any of the Michigan teams we've seen since Harbaugh has come could have lost to this Michigan State team that we have been seeing. Michigan State wanted it more. And it yeah. always comes down to that. Yeah, but still. Because like, Harbaugh just... can't seem to rally his team to play Michigan State. But or it's... Ohio State, for that matter. Yeah, but there's so many different levels of it. Like, it was a complete shutdown. Offense, defense, special teams, you know, individual play. Like, complete shutdown. Coaching players. Nothing was going well in that game. No. I, I, it, that blows my mind. Now, if it, if it had been kind of like... Uh, what was that? I think it was 2017 uh, Michigan lost and it was like a stormy close, you know, oh, yeah. looked sloppy and everything. It'd be kind of like, okay, I can understand some things, but so weird, but yeah, plenty of more voicemails to get to here. So let's keep moving along. How you doing fellas? Uh, I'm going to get right, right, right into it. So, I didn't watch the game. I was actually on a date. And thank God I was. <sighs> you know, you know, 38 points to Wisconsin. I, 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 this team has quit. They quit on that. Joe Milton, I was rooting for Joe Milton. I really thought this guy was good. And as a black man, I, I like, I, you know, I won't. Black people to do good, but I was glad they brought the white boy in. I was. Um, I read about it. He, he, you know, he, he seemed to have played better. Joe Milton, sorry, brother. I mean, normally I root for everybody black, but I don't know about this time, man. I don't know about this time. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to say he's not ready. You've been playing football for too long to look like that. Uh, offensive line, you can't blame the offensive line. They didn't, they didn't intercept the ball. Um, or throw interceptions, and the fans definitely didn't do it. So for all you super fans out there, you 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 holier than now fans that talk about, you know, there's no better choice than Harbaugh. That's a lie. It's better choices within the conference, uh, or that Joe Milton is this or that. Harbaugh, 
Joe Milton is, I mean, it's, it's, it's this time, y'all. It's, they're not responding. They don't care about winning and losing. They just care about getting a degree and staying out of trouble, which is good. But you can go a lot of places and get a degree, stay out of trouble, and win. Coach Harbaugh doesn't stress winning enough. I, I, if, if, if him walking away means that the rest of the staff is gone, then so be it. You know, Josh Gaddis, I don't know who fixed his resume, but somebody lied. Like, they, you know, this speed in space, man, man, it's more actual speed in space, like outer space, but no, no, no doggone gravity. I mean, yeah, gravity or oxygen out there than that dude's philosophy. He is horrible. He's horrible. Josh Gaddis is trash. Don Brown, we are. What else needs to be said about Don Brown that hadn't been said? Like, he needs to be collecting his AARP, man. I'm glad I didn't watch that game. I'm I'm just so over it. It's basketball season. I'm glad they have a coach that went to Michigan, played for Michigan, that cares about Michigan, like like Coach Juwan Howard. Jim Harbaugh, his, his name is now James. That's what I'm going to call him, James. James Harbaugh Sr. That's what he is. That's who he is. Um... They're trash, man. There's no excuse. They're trash. I ain't gonna even say go blue, man. Go purple. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I honestly like I'm I'm kinda glad to hear that you um were able to avoid the discomfort and disappointment that was uh putting yourself through the entirety of that game. So um and there wound up being more points scored, so it just got worse from there. But yeah, I was I was disappointed too. I, I think I'm gonna take uh, these one voicemail at a time, and then Brandon, if you wanna chime in with anything. But I was I was disappointed. Not saying that Joe Milton can't and won't do anything, but it. Um, I know that he had his rough spots last week with Indiana, but this week was just bad. Yeah, um, I think Stephen made the wise decision just to go on a date and not watch the game. Yeah. And hopefully the raisin brand was better than <laughs> the game was too. Hopefully that hit the spot better than <laughs> watching this trash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are many, many things that would have been uh, better than going through with that game. Now um, I'll, I think I'll touch on this a little bit more too. There were some things that I said about uh, the coaching status and everything last week uh, that I'll, be discussing but um i'll bring that up i think after all the voicemails are done i'm i was gonna say oh um as far as like there, there's one thing that i'm kind of not taking the extra effort for this year like i'll be forthright like i am just and, and i'm not i'm not saying woe is me everybody feel bad for me i mean we're all fans in this together and then of course there are players and staff people and people who are more invested in it but I mean, you know, reality sets in. You're, we're getting burnt out, and I'm just like, there's a certain amount of uh, work I'm gonna put in, gonna put into this research for discussion with the podcast and everything. But as far as like everything that the coaching staff is saying and coming out and saying, unless it is right in front of me and easy for me to digest, I'm not gonna hunt it down. I'm not gonna go if somebody said. Oh, coach said this or something or whatever. Or another coach said this. I'm not going to look for it. If it's there, I'll check it out. But I'm not spending a lot of extra time and effort to go through and essentially, you know, spend more of my time on this. So I just felt like that was worth mentioning because there were some things that people said this week and I was just like, whatever. If I don't see it, I don't know what it is. But. Yep, I man, I didn't even, I didn't even watch all this game. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess get into that once we get through the last two voicemails here. Yeah, we got two more here. So here's the next one for y'all. Hey, good morning, fellas. It's it's my second call. I, I I mean, this week you know I had to make two. Before before I continue, I wanna I really wanna thank you all once again for giving us this platform. I know you all have different things to do with your time, but you, you give us an open, you know, avenue to do this. I don't know why 
people don't use this avenue more. They'll get on Twitter and complain or Facebook, but you all give us a, a voice like more than 280 characters. So I appreciate that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, now, I want to talk some more about last night's game. Once again, I didn't watch it. I, it. I know we are we we're hard on the players a lot. We're, I was I was talking to a Michigan fan yesterday, and he was he was bringing up youth and inexperience, and I was I was. I hope I, this is not the second time of me talking about this because I don't remember much about last night's call. But when we talk about guys like Vince Gray and G-Bond Green, you know, they've been there for on campus this is their third year. He's like, well, they're young, they're inexperienced, give them time. All I think about is guys like Derek Singley Jr. This guy, he was young and inexperienced last year as a cornerback, but he was he was top two at his position. He and Antoine Winfield were the top two cornerbacks in America, in my opinion. <laughs> guy was 18 years old he wasn't he wasn't experienced in college football he was experienced in football now now the the stars argument goes out the window because the narrative is youth and inexperience cam mcgrone guys like him guys like michael barrett upsell luigi belaine these guys have been in college for years do y'all notice how they're just not getting any better at the end of the day i know coach harbaugh finally said this is on me which it is his staff is on him and the way they're playing, these guys have literally quit. I know Joe Milton's mom; she made her Twitter account private. Like you, you, you know, you have to you have to take the good with the bad. If you want your son to play and he's playing bad, then you have to accept criticism. Now, I don't want people wishing death on anybody. That's that's too far. But if your child is not doing well, you gotta you gotta eat that. Shane's dad was the same way. They don't they they seem to not want to say what they feel in public, but in private, they're criticizing folks. They know they are. It's like you, you have to eat that, man. Joe Milton is not a good quarterback. I thought he was. He is not. Shea Patterson wasn't a good quarterback. Jim Harbaugh gets all this, this, this these accolades as, a, as a, you know, the quarterback whisperer or whatever. Andrew Luck was just good on his own. It's, it's just evident. I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know what Greg Henson's story was about. But I have to believe that Harbaugh's done at Michigan after that. I just don't think he'll be better. Like, it's just not getting any better. You know, we wouldn't let Rich Rod or Hope slide for, for stuff like this. We can't let Harbaugh slide for him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, in discussing that, it is true. And it's not just this season. And I wouldn't just say, like, two, two, going back to 2017 real quick, like, people kind of looked at that. And I kind of looked at it, too, where it's just like, okay, maybe that's a fluke. You know, sometimes things happen. Sometimes it's a little bit of a rebuild year. Like, honestly, you know, that that being what it was, I mean, if it, if it was the lone hiccup for uh, Michigan, uh, wouldn't have been all that bad. I mean, finishing 8-5 isn't anything that great, but let's face it, this year's uh, that winning percentage would look amazing. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's not looking good, and I'll talk more about the, some of the coaching stuff. I kind of already mentioned that. But the one thing, too, that I took away from uh, what Stephen brought up, and, and I really like uh, including, and thanks again for complimenting uh, the voicemail platform and everything. And if anybody else wants to call, you know you're more than welcome to. Uh, I mean, within reason, you can talk about pretty much anything you want. 551-258-3276. Really easy to remember because it's 551 551- blue bro call in leave a a voicemail message uh under three minutes but um is that there's always been that question about the upper classmen getting playing time over underclassmen and wondering when and if that might still you know take place like there were questions on why sometimes shea patterson may have not been replaced last year with poor performances there are have been questions about some other things at different points in times too throughout these six seasons with Harbaugh. And so the question is, has that stopped or has that not stopped? So is that something that we're still dealing with where players are, you know, seniority is getting preferential treatment for some things and other players are, you know, getting defeated by that? Not saying that they should. I mean, honestly, you know, at the end of the day, you're responsible for how you act. Like I mentioned about how I worked at a job and it sucked between the employees and the management and everything. And I let that get to me 
and that affected my performance. Who's responsible for that? Really, in the end, at the end, it's me, and I could have done something about it, but I didn't. I let it get to me. So these players could do something about it, but we're not seeing that. And at the same time, coaching can help that. Coaching can make it better, can make it worse. So plenty more of other things to talk about that. You got anything before this last voicemail, Brandon? No, I don't think so. I think you covered it pretty good. Okay, all right. Well, here's the last one then from Steven. Okay, this is, as I was saying, yo, we can't let we can't let Harbaugh get away with this solely because we like him. You know, Rich Rod and Hope, like, I can say this about Rich Rod. Is I listen to his quote, and I learned a lot about Rich Rod and, and, and reading, you know, about in the book that was written. Rich Rod was pretty much never given the opportunity. He was never given the opportunity. If he would have stayed in Michigan another year, his team probably would have gone undefeated. You know, hope it seems like the the previous coaches do better with the previous coaches. Play, or the, the 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 new coaches do better with the previous coaches' players. Hope did good with Rich Rod's players. Harbaugh did good with Hope's players, and they did nothing with their own. But Rich Rod, he started with three wins, progressed to five, then progressed to seven. Had he been given another season, I know they wouldn't have lost those games because Hope, his first year, they lost to Iowa and Michigan State. There's no way Rich Rod loses those games because Hope and Al Board just were trying to be cute. I remember that. Like it was yesterday. Michigan could have gone undefeated and should have, but Hope was trash. Now, Hope got worse. He was horrible. He was. But I never saw his players quit on him like these guys are quitting on Harbaugh. I never saw that. <clears throat> so, so you know, if, if Rich Rod is ever listening, my man, I'm sorry. I really am. Now, you're not that great of a coach, but you weren't as bad as people made you out to be. The administration never had his back like they have Coach Harbaugh's back. And speaking of that, you know, you got some fans that lie and talk about academic standards. Man, do y'all know what Notre Dame's academic standards are? They're way tougher than Michigan. And these guys are winning. They're, they might make the playoff. Even if they don't, they're going to come close. Those academic, man, man it's like, it's like a, a glorified prison up there. Like, if you, if you really read and knew about how Notre Dame did an academic, man, it's, man, you think Michigan is bad. You better, better read up on it. But these guys win. They love their coaches. They love playing for each other. Michigan guys, they don't even celebrate when something good happens, which rarely happens nowadays. They, they just, it is what it is. They're not on the sidelines jumping and cheering. They're not slapping each other's helmets. They're not hyping each other up. They're just standing there. These guys literally don't care about one another. You can look at them and tell they don't care about each other. Go, go get some guys out the inner city, out the hood. Quit getting these pampered punks, man, these glorified suburban kids who, who come from these, these, Four bedroom, two bathroom home. Go get some kids who want to play for their family, who want to get their whole family out the hood, who get who get good grades. It ain't about academic standards. This is coaching. That's the problem. They like guys like Duke. Why is Dudek still high, I mean, uh, uh, employed? Why? Why is he there? You don't see him on Twitter now. He, he better stay off Twitter because as soon as he says something, we gonna light him up. Like this, this is from the top down. The problem is the staff and then administration. This needs to change. Yep. <laughs> uh, Brandon, yep. I'll let you kind of go go first because I'll jump into some things and I don't know how long I'm going to take, so I don't want you to um, not have a chance to say something about the voicemail or any of that. Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what he's saying. Um, you know, at the time, I was like, oh, man, Rich Rod is terrible. But, you know, the more I read about it and more I've heard him say things, that he was never really given much of a chance. And, you know, like Stephen said, if you think about it, uh, that team that Brady Hoke did so well with, that was Rich Rod's team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether or not he would have won those, you know, two losses that Hoke had, that's, you know, that's kind of a, a question you really can't answer. But, um it's really something to think about. I can say that. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned to you, was it last week or something? We were talking about Rich Rod. Just like off the air, we were talking about him. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was like, look, at, I never thought he was a bad coach because he, he did so well at West Virginia. And then, you know, even after he got let go from Michigan, he went to Arizona. And like those Arizona teams were at least competitive, which is more than you know, Arizona can usually say for their football program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they developed some NFL players when he was there. I mean, not a whole bunch, but a, a fair amount. 
Yeah. And, you know, as far as Notre Dame, yeah, Notre Dame does have very high academic standards. Um, I mean, you don't even really have to look too much farther than watching uh, the movie Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they touched on that a lot. It really hasn't changed too much. I mean, um, Notre Dame is a private university. And, um, you know, they do um, dwell heavily on the academic side as well. And it is kind of frustrating seeing, you know, a school like that, that you could compare more to Michigan, I guess, than some other schools. And it's, it is frustrating seeing them do so well and Michigan struggling the way they are. And, you know, I can see the part two with, the players kind of just given up they look defeated already Mm -hmm. and i feel like that always happens like when they lose to michigan state they come out flat-footed and just sluggish against state they get behind they can't bounce back and once they lose then it's like they just kind of give up yeah and which is funny because like you know when i was younger i used to always think that about michigan state they come out play michigan hard lose to them and then they just suck for the rest of the season Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how Michigan's gone. Yeah. Um, man, I just, it really doesn't make me excited at all for the rest of the season. And which sucks because, you know, this year's been so rough for like, sports in general that I was happy that they were going to play some football this year. And, and- you know, every week I kind of share things from my notes and Dude, I couldn't even think of anything to write for this yeah. game. I literally I put down two things. One was just poop. <laughs> and the other one was I don't care anymore. I just yeah. don't. Like I I try to. And you know, I said to my wife, because she usually watches every game with me, and you know, I watched that first half and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't even watch this much of it if I didn't have a podcast where I have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like I just I like I said, I turned it off at halftime. I put the movie Semi Pro on, the Will Ferrell movie. And honestly, nice. I had a better time watching that than I would have watched the game. <laughs> well, uh, I'll I'll suffer through more of the Michigan content if you want to suffer more through the Lions <laughs> content. So it's yeah, the suffering through Lions stuff is is kind of my cross to bear, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I um. I think one of the really interesting things that I have not really thought about and put in perspective, because we've talked about it over the past five or six seasons. Well, maybe not that entire time, but we have talked about players looking defeated, you know, not being able to rally. And, you know, especially like you said, after the Michigan state games and losses, how players react and everything. And I had not thought really outside of the Harbaugh era, whatever you want to say. Um, but that is so right that you did not see that with Brady Hoke. You did not see that with Rich Rod. Like, yeah, there would be times that they would get down, but usually be like during part of a game or maybe right after a loss or something. Mm -hmm. But you don't see it where it's week in and week out that this team is just done. And that's kind of interesting because where does that resonate again? Coaching. Absolutely, completely coaching. Now, going back to something that Steven said, and I do, I do agree, uh, and I was definitely one of those people that didn't know enough during the time, but found out more later. Uh, Rich Rod was not given a good chance. Like, he was never really given a real chance. I have no idea what 2011 would have given him if he had stayed, but um, those same administration issues that he faced are some of the same things that Harbaugh has faced. Definitely not to the same extent, though. Like, Harbaugh was wanted. Harbaugh was, I I mean, I don't think anyone could come out and say is that everybody was happy and okay with Harbaugh uh, coming in. But, like, we've heard some of the issues. I mean, uh, Stephen brought up the Greg Henson thing specifically about him talking about it, and it's just like there were issues with Harbaugh's attitude, personality, uh, how he acted on the sidelines and different th- uh, things and forms of that nature and some of his antics. And you saw that change. That was not really probably by his choice. 
So he deals with some of that too. That's why I said this last week, and this is why I wanted to get to. I said last week that just brace for it, face it, Michigan is not going to be consistently good until we get to like the 2030s. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration because one thing that I had in mind is if you bring in a coach that has any over-the-top enthusiasm, I'm not even talking about like Harbaugh level, but like, you know, just some of that extra fire and stuff on the sidelines, which is stupid because you saw it with Bo. I mean, Bo was on fire all the time. But for whatever reason, there seems to be a problem now with their persona and image on the sideline for Michigan football. Like, you have to act a certain way or the players have to do certain things and they have to fit in this square box that we have. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. we're going to have an issue and we're going to micromanage you. Nobody wants to be micromanaged. That's part of the thing, too, that's probably different where you see other programs successful compared to Michigan. Because Michigan is stupid, and they want to get involved with too much stuff, and they don't just try to let it happen. I think they tried to let Harbaugh happen more so than other things in 2015 and 2016, but then because of how 2016 ended, they were just like, no. Now you got to start doing things differently because you have not um, performed like you should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I'm saying it is going to be a long time before anything's there. You could, there are, there could be potentials for certain coaches to come in and to do well, consistently well, and, uh, outperform, uh, what Harbaugh has been able to do in the past five to six years. I do believe that, but to be able to take it to what people hope and expect with, um, the top echelon or, you know, being able to consistently compete with Ohio state yeah, that's not going to happen because Michigan gets too involved. I don't really know exactly what it is, but there have been too many stories now. There have been too many things that have come out and have said this, and so that's just the thing. Brace for it. Deal with it. Like Probably the best season that Michigan is going to look at for the next decade is maybe 11 wins um, for the regular season. Um but probably more consistently around 10 wins. Because I don't see how they're going to let anything else happen unless somebody goes in the long haul where they do consistently well, where it's like nine, 10 win seasons over and over, and they like consistently beat Michigan State. Maybe they can upset Ohio State at some point. Like They consistently do well, and then they've been there long enough that they're given more slack. Mm-hmm. And then they take it to the next level of like 11 wins and, you know, and they're there for long term and they do something with it. But that's probably not going to happen because Michigan's so impatient. You saw that happen with Richard. Yeah. Uh, how short he had. So, yeah, don't don't expect anything good anytime soon. Don't don't think that I I don't see the logic. I mean like I know everybody has their hopes and I'm still semi hopeful, but you could bring in anybody. <coughs> Name me anybody you want. But I don't think um, anybody could come in and, you know, turn things around as they want to say. I could see them come in and, you know, do it. it uh, another thing I know that Steven talked about how coaches come in and they always seem to have their best year with the previous coaches players. Another part of that, too, is, you know, it's a new system. New things are going on. So the teams in the conference don't really know completely what they're preparing for. Um, you, I think you really saw that in 2016 with Don Brown's defense because it was so new that it was mm-hmm. successful that year. People didn't know what to do. They almost got it done. But then each year after that, it just gets worse and worse because I feel like Don Brown is in that system where it's just like, this is what's always worked. Why should we change it? And it's just like, well, maybe you should change it because everybody's figured it out or you just... <laughs> suck at doing your job now it's like it's got to be one of the two either people yeah. figured it out or you suck at your job mm-hmm. I mean, pretty simple so yeah so i i'm not here to you know be pessimistic about it all and try to squander everybody's hope but yeah i'm not i'm not getting my hope up i mean i'm hopeful for next season that it's a more enjoyable season i'm i see like this is the the most depressing part is just like i'm not hopeful for the 
potential opportunity of, you know, double digit win seasons or beating Ohio State or, you know, some big bowl appearance, Rose Bowl even, you know, Big Ten appearance, whatever, a Big Ten uh, championship appearance. I'm not even hopeful for that. What's really has my hope going is just like, I'm hopeful for when players don't quit. I'm hopeful for <laughs> not being embarrassed, you know, yeah. and these stupid little, um, you know, levels of hope where it's just like, I just want it better than what it is. Like, I'm not even hoping for the other stuff because I think that that's just like a pipe dream mm-hmm. at this point. So, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, that's kind of how I feel too. I just, I hope next season is a little more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Fun to watch, I guess. Um, yeah, I just, I really can't even think of anybody else. Like, come on, come in here and do a good job. Yeah, the you know, name at that, least after their first season. Yeah, the name that everybody's saying is uh, Matt Campbell with Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Like, that is coming up all over the place, which I'm like, hey, fine. You know, if if you want to, like, I have no problem with it, but I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. I'm not expecting a whole lot. I've heard freeze a few times, too. Yeah, but the thing with Freeze is, like, you really think that the Michigan, I don't even, we got to come up with a stupid name for it. It's like the Michigan doom and gloom, what 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 Michigan administration, I want some kind of name for it because it's so stupid, whatever it is. But do you really think that Michigan is going to let him come? First of all, I don't think Michigan wants to touch him because of his past. Like, th- this is this is what we're talking about. This is, like, the Michigan problem. Like, Michigan got stuck so much in, like, hey, let's get a Michigan man to coach our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, screw that stupid stuff. But, like, there is the Michigan problem where Michigan has – because uh, there was even the talk discussion at some point. I can't remember if it was Hoke or if it was with Harbaugh. But where players just had the expectation, hey, this is Michigan. This is where you win. Like, no, you don't understand. Like, any place you go, you have to work hard, you have to prove yourself, and you have to earn the win. It's not like mm-hmm. you come to Michigan and you're going to automatically win. For crying, Like, how many decades has it been that that – two decades, that should be proof enough to you? You know? I mean, like, why – I don't understand how any player could come in and just think that. I mean, they are they getting brainwashed? I know that's kind of what recruiting is a little bit of you just trying to get them to get all in on your school and your team and everything. But I mean, come on, like open up your eyes a little bit and you'll see it. These, these players that they're getting now have not seen, have not even been alive since Michigan has been good. Yeah. The last time I really considered that Michigan was good was like 2003. Yeah. And so these, these players are coming in like, Seven, uh, 17, 18, 19, they weren't even alive. Like, we're getting to the point that they weren't even alive when Michigan was good. So why should there be any hype and thought process of, hey, this is where you come, and this is just where you're going to win? So there is, I don't want to talk about the Michigan man. I want to talk about the Michigan problem, which is real. Mm-hmm. So, and to, to say that again, and not to get into this discussion too long, but it's like, I don't want this episode to go too too far and everything, but I am not at all a on board with the whole idea of like, hey, get a Michigan man to coach Michigan football. I don't care. Just get somebody. But one person that I feel like would come in and put his foot up somebody's butt and essentially kind of like slap some people upside the head and could maybe do something drastic, but he would probably be held back. And so he would not be uh, allowed to, but would be Charles Woodson. Yeah. Cause he has been pissed, man. Mm-hmm. He has been pissed and nobody else says Desmond Howard hasn't. I don't know why anybody's even throwing Tom Brady's name out there because has Tom Brady ever showed anything of interest in coaching? And second of all, do you really think that he's going to coach that well? I mean, like, <laughs> Yeah, he got fired up. You could see it sometimes in the games and everything, but it's just like I don't even drastically even close come to see that. Like Charles Charles Woodson has the passion 
that the players need. Mm-hmm. Har- Harbaugh had kind of that passion too. So that's why I say you could even bring Charles Woodson in and it wouldn't even matter because somebody would shut him down anyways. Except for I kind of feel like Charles Woodson would, you know, throw him the finger and be like, screw you, get out of here. Let me do what I do. Yeah. So anyways, that's enough of that because there's so much more that could be said with that. So, <laughs> right. Uh, anything else, I guess, before we get into uh, previews and score predictions and uh, some more enjoyable stuff? Yeah, let's just move on. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, then uh, we'll start talking about uh, previews and everything. This is probably just going to be straight up like, hey, you know, this is who they're playing. This is what they're good at. This is what they suck at. Uh, let's start with the Lions. Um this week going to play the Panthers. What uh, what do you want to say about that, Brandon? Yeah, that one is in Carolina. It's at 1 p.m. on Fox. Um, pretty much set your watch to that. Um, that's what I like about the NFL over college. You know, as a whole, I like college more. But I like to know that, you know, 90% of the Lions games are 1 o'clock on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Panthers, uh, they're a pretty solid team, I guess. You know, they got Teddy Bridgewater now as a quarterback. Uh, Cam Newton, you know, he's off to New England, kind of up and down there. I mean, kind of the way he was. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, if you're thinking about a, a Christian McCaffrey is probably their best player. But and he's out. He's hurt right now. Yeah. Screw that. So- <laughs> and he's on your fantasy team. Uh, you know, Panthers are three and seven. They, man, they look better than a three and seven team. They played better than a three and seven team, I'll say. Uh, you know, their best wide receiver is DJ Moore from Maryland. Um, they also have Robbie Anderson, formerly a Jet. He's been pretty solid this year as well. Those two guys are. Pretty close in receiving yards for the team. They're over 400, I believe. And then uh, Curtis Samuel, former Buckeye. He's kind of a, a big play guy. Kind of hit and miss. I had him on my fantasy team, so you know I should know that he's hit and miss. <laughs> um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, we got Brian Burns leads the team and sacks. He's got four. Uh, Shaq Thompson, the linebacker, he's a leading tackler. And Dante Johnson, the defensive back, has three interceptions. Uh, also on that defense, they have Jeremy Chin, who's pretty good-looking uh, rookie. He's right up there in the discussion for maybe even rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. So that's a guy that you have to keep an eye on. Um, you know, as far as like the running game, they're big, kind of hurt a little bit with McCaffrey being gone. Um. Man, I can't even remember the guy's name. Is it something? Oh my gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. It's running the ball for him right now. Oh, yeah. Drawing <laughs> blank. Yeah, I can't think of his name either. Um, he's been kind of up and down. I can I can even picture what he looks like. How, like. how sad is that? I can picture what the guy looks like. He has a nose and two ears. <laughs> two eyes, two ears, a mouth and a... <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not a father to a toddler or anything, but um Yeah, that's gonna drive me nuts. Mike Davis, that's his name. Kinda he's he's kinda built like a bowling ball. He's only five nine and like two twenty. But um yeah, he's been kinda up and down, I guess. Uh I, their offense, uh, it's basically passing. You know, I got Bridgewater. He's pretty, pretty mobile too in the quarterback position. But it should be an interesting game. Again, it's two teams that are relatively ev- evenly matched, so you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But that's really all I got for the Lions. All right. Well, um. Back to Lions 2.0. Yeah, Lions. This is the Lions, Lions farm team. Lions 2.0. Uh, 
Um, you're listening to This Really Sucks Radio. <laughs> you're listening to the Depression Hour. <laughs> All right. You, you really want to get depressed? I, I've got some numbers here to really make you depressed. All right. So I'm not going to, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but honestly, this is looking like potentially Michigan's last chance to get a win this season. If they can get the win. Yeah. If, which is a very big <laughs> if, um, because the remaining schedule for Michigan is um, Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State. Now, granted, Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland all do not look good, but I think Rutgers is kind of like, maybe Michigan's final hope. So coming off of a three-game losing streak, uh, here are some numbers. Uh, if we look at Rutgers, uh, both teams on a three-game losing streak, so somebody's got to you know, break the mold. Uh, so w- both teams are one and three. Uh, Rutgers was able to win against Michigan State and make them look bad while Michigan did the exact opposite against Michigan State. Um. Rutgers coming off a loss against Illinois, um, losing 20 to 23. Uh, but let's look at these numbers real quick. So after four games, um, uh, points per game, Rutgers, 26.5. Michigan, 26.3. Opponents for Rutgers, 34 points a game. Opponents for Michigan, 34.5 points a game. Total first downs for Rutgers, 76. Michigan, 73. (laughs) Opponents, first downs. Rutgers, 91. Michigan, 95. So, yeah, like, basically, Michigan is Rutgers Rutgers. right now. (laughs) So how does that make you feel? Oh, here's a really good one. Uh, Red zone success percentage. Rutgers is um, 84.6. Michigan. 76.9. And then as far as uh, defense goes, they're perfectly tied up at 94.4% for their opponents. So what's that telling you? Michigan really sucks when they look that similar to Rutgers. Yep. So I hope everybody sleeps well tonight. um, As you are getting ready for the Saturday evening game. Against Rutgers? My question. Yes. Why does this have to be a night game? I don't know. Who wants to watch Mich- a crappy Michigan team play forever crappy Rutgers at 730? I know, but right? This is one of those, it's like, get it done at noon, get it out of the way, end mm-hmm. on a high note. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's, you know, it goes back to what I said about the Lions. Like, I like that the consistency that I know it's going to be you know, one o'clock Sunday on Fox where Michigan, you know, as a kid growing up, it was always Michigan played at noon on ABC on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, is Michigan going to play at noon? Are they going to play at three o'clock? Are they going to play at seven 30? Are they, you know, they're going to play that, like that one bowl game they had against um, Kansas state where it was like at 11 o'clock at night or something stupid. Yeah. Like when is Michigan going to play? And it's even more annoying. Like, I mean, we don't have this problem this year, but if you buy a ticket to the game and it says, you know, TBD for the time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. Sorry. That's my little rant. I, I hate big 10 network. I hate late games. Nope. You're, you're all good, man. I, I get it. So really kind of the only separating factor for Michigan is they have more passing yards. So Outside of that, everything like passing yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, everything is so ridiculously similar. But um, their quarterback is very turnover prone. Yeah. Um, so I would say that that Pacheco is probably better than most of the players that Michigan has on offense. Uh, I guess. I mean, do we even know? Because how much have they tried running the ball? And whenever they did try running the ball, it was just straight up the middle. Yeah. Huh. So we don't even really know because <laughs> it sucks. Um, but yeah, so he has more interceptions through the uh, first four games than Milton does. Milton has four and Federal uh, has seven for Rutgers. So Michigan needs to do, uh, you know, force some turnovers if they want to 
get this game. Oh, and by the way, here's here's the best part. We didn't even talk about this earlier. There is a quarterback uh, quarterback battle going on at Michigan, so we don't even know who's going to start. Yay! Yay! It goes Super- back to the the classic saying. I can't remember who it was that said it. Um, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I can't so. remember what famous coach it was said that. I can't. I know. I know that. Um, but I can't think of the person who it was either. So I have to look that up. Yeah. So yeah, McNamara came in and he went four for seven against Wisconsin, seventy-four yards, and a touchdown, no interceptions. QBR of ninety-seven point five. Milton went nine for nineteen, ninety-eight yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. QBR of eight point three. So things are looking amazing for Michigan. Um, but yeah, so I really have no idea what to expect because, uh, the things that Michigan should be doing, they're not doing. So yeah, uh, I guess expect a really close game with Rutgers and do not be surprised if Michigan just rolls over and dies. Yeah. I think that's my summary for that. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Want to go into score predictions? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's do it. We're just defeated by this point. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, just to make you feel even a little bit better, um, so far for uh, prediction totals, Brandon, you're at 11. I'm at 15. So suck it. Yeah. That's pretty much normal. Yeah. So Again, I'm, I'm just defeated. I mean, I'm on my second beer of the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> happens. That's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Well, unranked Michigan is going on the road to face unranked Rutgers, and Michigan is favored by nine and a half, which might be very generous. Um, and the over-under is 55. So <laughs> uh, usually we start with the Lions, but I guess I just jumped right in with Michigan. So um, I am going to say that Michigan is definitely not going to cover I think I'm still holding on to kind of like a thread of hope that Michigan might have a little bit of dignity to be able to say that even though they lost to Michigan State, they could have uh, that they're going to be able to finish with maybe a win over a team that beat Michigan State. So I'm going to say that Michigan is going to. I'm just going to make this like stupid because I think this game is stupid. And so I'm going to say Michigan wins 16 to nine. <laughs> That's like a lions bears game, right? Uh, yeah. Um, dude, I kind of feel the same way. It's, I don't think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think it's going to be rather frustrating. Um, I don't think the offense is going to really do much of anything. I mean, that's kind of, uh, things have played out in every game except for Minnesota. Uh, I think this is going to be a little bit more scoring, but not much. I have Michigan winning 20 to 17. Okay. I just, I, man, I hope we don't lose the Rutgers. Oh, man, I know. Like that, <laughs> that's just like going to be a steady decline and everything. And then you know what's going to happen after that, then, right? Hold on, let me. Where is this? I gotta find this. Butgers. What will wind up happening then is that Michigan will lose to Rutgers and then Michigan will play Penn State the following week, which Penn State will probably be winless still, and then they will give Penn State their first win of the season. That's that's why I could see happening. That's just mm-hmm the way that Michigan would, it would just be the perfect, most trash thing to happen. So, um, but Hey, as I always say it, Michigan proved me wrong. I want to be proven wrong, but me saying that does not mean, you know, just score more points. I'm saying like actually look good or no, not even that. That's too high. Look okay. Yeah. (laughs) Look okay. Don't embarrass us. So, now talking talking about something that's not embarrassing, Lions. Uh, I don't think you can really be embarrassed by the Lions anymore. I mean, I guess they're kind of just, you expect the worst and hope for the best. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, they are they are plus three at the Panthers with the over under forty nine. Brandon, go ahead and take it away. Okay, I was gonna say I didn't have the line or anything. Um, I think this is gonna be kind of the same. It's gonna be but the same as last week's game against the Redskins. But you know, I think the Panthers are a better team. They have a little more weapons. You know, if they had Christian McCaffrey, it would be a completely different thing. I mean, that guy does so much on the offense. For oh the yeah. Panthers. But I feel like anytime I pick the Lions to win, they lose, and anytime I pick them to lose, they win. But I'm gonna go 24-21 Panthers. Okay, so you are taking the uh, crap. What's it? Not the wash. I don't know. Whatever. The plus three. So it'd be an even. Yeah. Um, and then is that under? Yeah, that's under. Well, I um, I think the lines are gonna do lines fashion, and I see you do the same thing, where it's close enough that they could maybe win or maybe tie, and go into overtime, but uh, but they don't, and they lose. So my score prediction is twenty to twenty-eight. Lions lose. Yeah, yours might be smarter because the Lions always settle for field goals. Yeah, that's... I have them kicking none. So. <laughs> that is exactly what I thought of. I was like, okay, fourteen points, two field goals. Okay, there we go. Check. Yeah, that's they like to do that. So yeah, I love it. But all right, uh, I, the last thing that we have, or nope, sorry, we've got one more thing after locks. that. Locks. Yes, we have to do locks. So do you have your NFL lock, Brandon? Yeah, my NFL locks have sucked royally. Yes, they have. I, I was not going to say it. You them. said it. And I'm having a really hard time picking those. Um, I feel like college is a little more consistent and easier. Where like the NFL, you know, that the saying any given Sunday, you know, one team can beat another team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to take the Steelers to cover that 10 points over the Jaguars. The Jaguars looked horrendous against the lions and the Steelers are probably they're the only undefeated team left. Yeah. And they've, they've been a little up and down, but they definitely have looked good. And I mean, you have to be good to be undefeated. So, and the Jaguars offense is so bad and the Steelers defense is really good. (laughs) So (laughs) I can see the Steelers covering at 10 points versus the Jags. Um, um, I I don't know. I kind of don't feel good doing this um, because I know that they're just going to screw me over then. But I'm going to take Maryland covering negative six and a half against Michigan State because Michigan State has looked so trash and Maryland is on the rise. I just feel like Maryland should easily win by a touchdown. But... Michigan State likes to screw me over. So Shardy. Yep. So that's that's what I'll take. I've been doing pretty good, but I'm my confidence is low on this one. All the other numbers were difficult. I I did not feel comfortable with the other ones. So uh but then that brings us to our last portion of the show, which is the questions of the week, 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 week. That nobody really cares about, 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 about. Um, <laughs> so our, our Michigan question for this week, uh, this is what I got for you. Will Charbonnet have more than five rushing attempts versus Rutgers? And to put this in perspective out of four games, he has had 13 carries. Oh my gosh. And there were talks and I think it came out that it was false and had no, uh, foundation that Charbonnet was talking about transferring. Hmm. So I have a guess that they might increase it a little bit, but are they going to increase it that much? Is he going to have more than five rushing attempts? Uh, I will go ahead and say yes, because Michigan always seems to do the same thing every year, and they run a ton on Rutgers, whether they do well or not. So, 
Yeah, I was going to say yes as well. Okay, that'll work. What do you have for the Lions question? Uh, I talked about it earlier, but will Marvin Jones continue his three-game touchdown streak? Will he extend it to four games? And I am going to say no. (laughs) Nothing against Marvin Jones, but I think it's... I don't know. I just don't think it's going to be four games. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not sure Kenny Galladay is going to be back and that plays a big role into it. Yeah. You know what? I I want to be different because I don't want to be associated with you. Um, so <laughs> we already I'll have go a podcast this. together. You're already associated with me. Shut up. Um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with yes. You know, I'll, I'll take the, I was, I would go, I was going to default to no, but you know, I'll take a little risk with this one. And I'll say yes, you know, why not? You know, the Lions weirdness, 2020 weirdness, as I say all the time. So, so Galladay, he practiced today, so it's looking like he might play on Sunday. Oh, probably, now you tell. Me. He's probably not gonna be 100 percent though. Now you tell me. You you waited. <laughs> you douche. You <clears throat> fiduciary. All right. Well, uh, while uh, Brandon throws back his last beer. And uh, things get more and more depressing over here. Last one? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just getting started. Uh, We are going to go ahead and end. And there's a big question mark behind this one. But we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue? 